Recording from an underground bunker somewhere out west are two men who know the Padres best. Whether you follow the Church of Tatis or Myers, we welcome you to the Faraway Friars. Omar, how are you doing tonight? Doing well. Uh, didn't know we were still in a bunker. Uh, you know, the nuclear apocalypse will end any day now. You know, the accommodations aren't that bad. You know, we got light, we got food, you know, we got Wi-Fi, so, you know. Yeah, the Padres are still playing, somehow. Yeah, somehow. It doesn't matter if the world will end, you know, baseball will still exist somewhere. It's existed since the 1800s, before women had the right to vote, so it'll, it'll exist long after we're dead. <laughs> which may be any time now. In any case, I have a question for you. Do you know how many games in a row the Padres have won by one run? In a row by one run, I'm gonna say a fair bit. Gonna go with gonna go with four. You're very close. Okay. Today, as of Wednesday, the 11th of May, the Padres have won their last five games all by one run. I see that, and that does come uh, including the one game against the Cubs, uh, the first game of the series. Where Rodgers gave up a run, but the team just lost the series to the Cubs, two out of three. We have the Braves and Phillies next. Padres are still 20 and 12, second in the West, thanks to the Giants' free fall. Uh, so thank you, San Francisco. In my opinion, the team was carried all last series by Manny. Manny's been carrying the load for the whole team recently, until, of course, Jorge Alfaro came in the clutch to win the series on Mother's Day with a two-run homer. Were you watching uh, that walk-off there? Uh, no, I had missed it, actually. Uh, what was I doing that day? I think I just wasn't watching. I was checking the score, obviously, but I wasn't watching, which I should have been. Uh, and I saw we were down 2-0, right? And I was like, okay, we haven't scored a run in, like, you know, 17 innings or something stupid oh, like that. So I was like, okay, we're yeah. probably dropping this one, dropping the series. Then I get the notification on my phone that Jorge Alfaro walks it off with the three-run blast. I'm like, huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. I I actually caught it with perfect timing. Um, of course, it was Mother's Day. So uh, my mom came over and I turned on the TV and we, I was going to put a movie on for it, but I'm like, okay, the Padres are, you know, playing in the ninth inning. The food hadn't arrived yet. And so I was like, I mean, let's just watch this. And so I was talking with her a little bit, and she was pointing out the pink hats and the camouflage jerseys. We, we saw the home run in, in real time, and I, I thought it was amazing to, to catch that just at the perfect timing because I did not watch a single inning before that. I just I just turned it on, and then after that, um, we watched the movie Mother's Day on Mother's Day, which is a bit <laughs> cliche, uh, but it, it was all right given the given the circumstances. <laughs> but anyway, how do you feel about the Padres in general after losing the series to the Cubs? Before we continue on, uh, I'll be honest, we lost. Obviously, not always good to drop a series, but considering just the, um, our form since. Gonna say the Dodger series. We've been we've been consistently winning, consistently grinding out results. This is the first series the Padres have lost 
against a team not in the NL West. The only series is the Padres had lost before this, where this series is to uh, the Dodgers and the Giants earlier in the year. So, you know, that's pretty good. I am always like a little bit of a worry wart, and I'm looking at the Marlins. We barely won that series. We lost two out of three of the Cubs here. We had all those games against the Reds, who shout out the Reds. They they finally won some games recently. But they won two series in a row, actually. They did. Yeah, so but we, we caught the Reds when they were down, and so it's making me feel like it's making me wonder if, you know, the Padres are almost regressing to the mean a little bit. And it's gonna be really important. The Braves and Phillies, of course, the Braves are defending champs, and the Phillies are pretty good. Yeah, they're they're doing okay, but they're supposed to be pretty good, I think. What's their and they're, they're decent, I guess. They're decent. So it's gonna be it's gonna be important to see how they do here. Um, recent roster updates, of course. Voigt and Myers come up. Abrams and Thompson uh go down. Uh Trace Thompson goes to be DFA'd. Abrams, the rookie, goes down to El Paso. And Blake Snell. He has been sent to El Paso for rehab, so he could be coming up very soon to join the Padres. Today, Myers was 0 for 5 in his 5 at-bats, but he did save a homer in the 7th inning. I'm not sure if you saw that. It, yeah. it, was, a good, it was a good defensive play. Okay. Luke Voigt was 3 for 5 with a pair of homers to left field. Um, everybody made a fuss of Voigt coming up without even a single hit in El Paso. He looked absolutely awful. And he didn't look too great before in the very few games he did play before he went uh, on injury. I have a question for you, Omar. Is this a lucky break today with his three for five, two homer game, or will he be okay? He'll be okay. I mean, he looked pretty gassed when he hit that first homer. Uh, I don't know if you saw his celebration in the dugout, but he did the uh, the Stone Cold, uh, you know, beers, beers, quotation marks. He had water bottles, but he did the Stone Cold celebration. Uh, and you know, three for five, two homers, not bad. Um, I think it'll be a turning boy. I think now he'll start to just really mash the ball like he should be. I think there definitely are two camps where it's like half of the people were like, "Well, he's just playing in El Paso. Uh, he's just getting into rhythm. Don't don't pay any attention to these stats." And kind of like, yeah, he's he's doing well. And look, he comes out and hits two home runs. So I'd have to say that side is winning. And there's other people saying, well, you know, it's one game and he didn't do well in El Paso. So, you know, what's going to happen there? I hope for our sake that it's the former, of course, because the Bod- the Padres could definitely use it. Um, with Snell coming up, he'll probably replace Nick Martinez in the rotation. Do you agree with that? Very likely. I can see it. Nick Martinez. In six starts, I believe that includes today, because everybody's at six there, so that makes sense. He has a 4.4 ERA, which is not amazing, but it's not bad. He's been he's been doing pretty good. That's pretty pretty average, maybe just slightly below average as a starting pitcher. Um, he's done well in, in this position. I want to ask you who you'd be more comfortable with just right now today. Uh, being the fifth starting pitcher for the Padres. Blake Snell, Nick Martinez, or Mike Clevenger, who 
has pitched so far since coming back from injury. Two games, nine innings total, with a five ERA. Okay, first, for, let me just remember how many pitchers we got, because we got quite a few. We got, okay, so the, the ones that you're not moving right now are Musgrove, uh-huh. Manaea, Darvish, and Gore. Gore is actually pitching uh, through five starts, 2.4 ERA. He's pitched very well, in my opinion. So then we got Martinez, Snell, and Clevenger. Clevenger. Uh, Clevenger pitched yesterday, I believe. What was his stats? Again, he... so far he has okay. two games, nine innings, a five ERA so far. No decisions yet. Of course, that's a very small sample. The other guys have all pitched at least five games, which is still mm. a small sample in itself. And it's great that he's coming back. We want him to get healthy. Doesn't necessarily matter what happens in May. But who do you feel most comfortable with, or maybe rank them, if you would? I'd say... Hmm. I'd say Martinez is the one that's probably getting dropped. Either to the bullpen, or maybe to El Paso. Or maybe traded. We'll see. Oh. I'd say Clevenger will be number five. As for Snell, I feel like they will either put him in the rotation and then maybe drop Gore just because, you know, he is like a younger guy. They want to limit his innings or they might have Gore piggyback on some of his start. That's what I'm thinking right now. Okay. So you're thinking Gore gets um, taken at least push back to like a sixth option yes. in the starting rotation. And then they have Snell and Clevenger in there. Yeah. So like, like, you know, he's been, he's been doing really good, you know, whatever Ruben Niebla did to him, you know, <laughs> thank the Lord. Uh, his last start was on. He did pitch against the Cubs. I thought. Yes. And he yeah. gave, it gave him three runs, but he meant five innings, you know, which is really good. It's like, that's like the, it's not quite a quality start, but it's right there. He's, Obviously a major leaguer, in my opinion. It hasn't felt like he's been uh, overshadowed, I guess. In his I'm, position. I, I'm going to say right now, I feel like, you know, I won't be opposed to him being in the rotation, but I also won't be opposed to him, you know, getting his innings limited at some point. I think that's a good point. Um, I would personally... Right now, with Gore doing well, I would personally have Clevenger in that sixth spot, sort of thing, where like he's having a, a full start like every, I guess, two rounds. Okay, Makes until sense. he gets like up to speed. That's the yeah. way I would do it. And Nick Martinez, either he has to go to AAA, or if they have a spot in the rotation for like a long reliever, I think he's great. You know, because then he's kind of like a standby. Uh, in case there is a injury or anything like that, too. I really I think Martinez did pretty well, but I think I I don't want to mess with Gore right now. Even though you do bring up a very good point with the innings being important for a young guy, I feel like Nick Martinez would do pretty good as a long reliever. Uh, he has shown that, like with runners on base, he does really well under pressure. Uh, so you know maybe just either a guy who you just need to eat some innings or. 
Hell, maybe throw him in a lo- uh, you know, a high leverage situation once in a while. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I, I don't feel like obviously he's not an ace lurking around or anything, but I I feel comfortable with him as the fifth the fifth or sixth guy. If if it has to be that way, you know, if there's an injury, and I'm hoping that Clevenger comes back to form. Obviously, we haven't quite seen it yet. And we don't know what we're going to see with Snell. Um, hopefully, he he does come in uh, relatively soon and healthy. Of course, we hope the best of luck for him. Now, the negatives to this, I guess, would be, what do we do with C.J. Abrams? Or how do you feel about C.J. Abrams, excuse me, in his first stint at the MLB level? He was hitting 182 with one home run. He had four RBIs and 65 plate appearances over 20 games. Uh, honestly, you know, he's a young guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I say that like I'm an old guy. I'm literally 21. <laughs> uh, uh, he's literally just as old as I am, actually. I think he's 22. Let's see. Uh, oh, he is yeah, 21. No, he's, he's 21. Oh, dear Lord. Uh, <laughs> anyways. You know, a young guy, I feel like he he definitely proved that, you know, he ma- he should have made opening day roster during spring training. I fully respect that. But honestly, he, he just needs time to play games. He needs to start regularly. And at El Paso, he can definitely do that, especially with, you know, Tatis coming back, hopefully sometime soon. But, you know, with that looming, he was going to get sent down at some point. So I think it was probably just better now than later. I I think he did pretty well considering. Um, I do think he needs some more time in the oven, so to speak. So it's not it's not bad that he got he got his first time in the MLB and he'll hopefully grow just a little bit more in El Paso. Excuse me, before the next time we see him again. But I do have a question. When do you think the Padres would call him up again? Uh, for reference here, he played at shortstop 13 games, second baseman four games, right field three games, and one game at DH. Hmm. Of course, you mentioned uh, Tatis obviously will be coming up hopefully in June or July, and he'll play at shortstop. When do you think perhaps Abrams would come up again? For a stint, probably September, okay. you know, because that's when rosters expand. You know, if we hopefully make the playoffs, and if we do, he'll be like a, you know, pinch hitter, you know, pinch runner, maybe oh. a starter, possibly if we need it. Who knows? Um, full time though, maybe next year. It depends how he develops in the minors this season. I feel like for the most part, he'll stay there. I don't, uh, I think he'll only come back up if there's an injury on the roster, which, you know, mm-hmm. we always hope isn't the case. But if it is, it is. But for the most part, I think if he's going to come back full time, it's going to be next year. OK, and follow up question. You look at the infield, you got Manny, Tatis, Cronenworth, Kim. And then you have Voight. And that already is like one extra spot, right? You're forgetting yeah, 
Yeah, I'm forgetting Hosmer on purpose there. Okay, okay. But you already have those guys, and they're all good at what they do on defense. Where where do you see him in the organization, like, eventually being the starting what for the Padres? I feel like at some point, they got to just bite the bullet and maybe make a transition to the outfield. Because some someone's got to do it at some point. We just, it's weird to complain about inf- mm-hmm. having too much infield talent, but we do have too much infield talent, you know. And just, I feel like it'll be better if we just convert him to like maybe a corner outfielder if he wants to play on the big league roster. But you know, I could be wrong, but we'll see. Now that is interesting, and this leads me into uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about. What if we converted him to become center fielder? Now that's a that's a hard conversion. That's a you're, very hard you're right. Conversion. You're right. They do usually convert uh, infielders to corner outfielders. But I look at the Padres and I look and I see that the infield obviously is very talented. The outfield is questionable. Myers, I looked up uh, Padres contracts. Myers does come off the. I believe I believe he's a free agent this year. Yeah, I believe he's a free agent after this year. Profar, I believe, is the same way. Those are our corner outfielders, when healthy. But then this brings me to my next point. Trent Grisham, do you know what he's hitting off the top of your head right now? Uh, I saw it earlier. It was like one eighty six. It's 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 around there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Trent actually. Yes. Ugh. Yes. And I looked up Trent Grisham. I do like Trent Grisham. But he has never hit over 250 in the majors. He doesn't steal that many bases either. He's only stolen 13 bases as the most for any season. Um, so it's not like he's doing a ton on the base pass. Like he's getting on a ton, even though he has a lower batting average. He's a good fielder, but he's not a good consistent hitter. Yeah. Hmm. And I want to know, what do you think maybe we should do with our outfield, including Trent Grisham, who is obviously struggling quite a bit so far this year? I could see us... I could If there's anyone we're going to probably keep, it's probably Trent Grisham. Purely because, uh, you know, he can play defense pretty well, and, you know, that's Always something you want to have on the roster at the very least. Yeah. Um, Myers, uh, I I think he's the very, most likely not going to come back, just because you know I doubt we'll pay him again. You know, especially what he's probably going to ask for. Profar, I don't know. It depends. He had a good start to the season this year, and now he's kind of tapered off to where we expect him to. I don't think he's hitting that well right now either. Uh, he had a very good start, and then he dipped way down. I think he had a good day today. His overall batting average again is a one seventy five. Mm-hmm. Uh, he only hit two twenty seven last year, which yeah. is not good. So I think our our whole outfield is very questionable right now. As far as the future. Yeah, that's why I could definitely see Abrams being converted to an outfielder at some point. You know, I think that might Abrams. be yeah, I think that might be the long term solution there. Uh, 
he could he could play center. I mean, he's shown to be a very good defense defensive person. So you know, it's there. Just it might be you know that would be a more difficult transition than you know, uh, corner outfield. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. Now, what should we do with Denelson Lamette? Uh, the big one. <laughs> uh, uh, for uh, reference, Denelson Lamette. Let me get his thing up here. I thought I had all these things up in too many tabs or something. Denelson Lamette, of course, was a good starter for the Padres for quite a bit, um, starting all the way back in 2017. He had a great year in 2020 where he had a 2.1 uh, ERA. He even got some Cy Young votes, but he's had some injuries, and then he just does not look like he still has like the same power in his throwing. Like he's his fastball is down like four miles per hour or something like that. He's been you know kind of a gas can this year. Uh, the Padres. He's at a 9.7 ERA. And it's not just like one game. He's played in 10 different games so far. I feel like we're beyond the point of just trying with him. You know, I, I don't, you, you know me. I don't like to be be mean to players, but I feel like just given how he's looked and his, you know, appearances, he looks lost. I think you said that yourself. He looked lost. Yeah. The only thing is, I don't know who we could trade him to because I don't know who would want to take the risk. Um, I believe looks like he signed through. Looks like yeah, his his contract ends this year, so maybe we'll just deal with it for now, or maybe eat his contract and DFA him. But who knows, honestly. So if the options are DFA him, AAA him, or just keep him in the rotation. What are you doing right now? That's assuming you can't get a trade. I'd say keep him right now. And then if we can't get a trade, then just eat the contract. I'm saying triple A him right now. Mm. Get, get him off of the Padres. If that means, I'm not sure how minor league contracts work. He might have to DFA him first. You know, sometimes that's how that works if the guy's already been up. I'm not sure 100% how all the contracts work. I'm sorry. I think you but, have a like, mm. Like I, you're allowed to like send them to the minors like once or twice. Like there's a limit, I think, and then after a while, you ha- you will have to DFA them if you want to send them to the minors. If if that was absolutely necessary to send them to the minors, I would do it. I just don't think he's given the Padres any value right now, hmm. and I would rather take almost anyone else. Uh, you know, just pick up a guy from AAA that you know, has some sort of hope that you have some sort of hope that that's a new face, at least to throw at pit, to throw at hitters. Um, I, I was rooting for him at the beginning of the year. I've been rooting for him his whole career on the Padres. And I just don't think for the Padres, he's going to be able to turn around. Now I do have another question. I would say that Austin Nola, since the Padres, uh, have gotten him has been kind of eh, like kind of meh, and I don't think he's great on defense. Um, on offense this year, he's only hitting 200, 207. What do you think the Padres should be doing 
if anything, with Austin Nola? Do you think they should be looking for a replacement uh, catcher in the near future? Nah, not really. I should elaborate on that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. He's hitting about as well as you expect from a catcher. Uh, but, you know, usually with that sort of catcher, you expect him to be really good defensively. And like you said, he's kind of okay. I think he's okay, personally. I'd say probably better to just sleep on it for now and, you know, kick the bucket down the road. I think, you know, he's turning 32. And I would I would be really looking around for his replacement. Catcher is like the one position now that the Padres have the DH. It's that one position where you can have a guy that has a lower uh, hitting ability um, and kind of get away with it. So I understand that. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like the Padres could have a better catcher, in my well, opinion. I feel like I feel like they could go for it a little bit. I feel like you forget we also have Robert Hesso in the minors right now. I do. Uh, who has who I've heard been <laughs> doing pretty decently in the minors. Uh, he was in spring training with us as well. Mm. Um, he is currently twenty years right now, twenty years old right now. Um, so you know, let's say. The ideal scenario, he's MLB ready in like two seasons from now. You know, we can just have Nola and Alfaro right now. Uh, we also have Camposano as well, Luis Camposano, mm-hmm. who who is I think is more MLB ready than <laughs> Hassel. I just I I just always hear people talk about Robert Hassel. Uh, but you know, we have those two in 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 the wings. So you know, we this year maybe next year. Just have Nola, and then after that, you know, he'll get replaced by those guys. I, of course, remember Campusano, um, but I didn't. I'll be completely honest. Since the Padres have gotten better, uh, outside of Mackenzie Gore and Abrams, I have not paid as much attention to their minor leaguers because I felt like we're we're kind of past that like rebuilding stage. So I did mm-hmm. not know about Robert Hassel. And I'm looking him up right, looking him up right now. See, he won 2021 Padres Minor League Player of the Year. Of course, you know that like that's an award that you're not huge honor. Not sure, how important that is. Uh, yeah, but put it, put it right next to the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> but he is listed as the second best prospect on MLB.com's Padres prospect rankings. Uh-huh. Uh, also, of course, it includes Campusano, Gore, C.J. Abrams, and James Wood. Who was in James Wood? Wood? I heard has been doing pretty well. I think he's at, uh, I think he's at Lake Elsinore right now. I hear he's doing pretty well. Yeah, it says he's in a, and Hassel is also at a. He's in a plus. I'm not sure which one's Elsinore. If Elsinore is A or A plus. I think Elsinore's high A. I don't remember. I thought Elsinore was high A, yeah. which would mean Hassel's in Elsinore and Wood is just below. Elsinore, but if that's the case, then maybe I would bite the bullet with Nola and be like, let's hang in there with him for two more years, and hopefully Hassel comes up in two or three years, and I'd be okay with that as long as I know there's a plan. Which obviously there's there's always a plan, but I was just I was just wondering there, you know. Um, transitioning off of that and some of the troubles the Padres have had. Um, hitting, I was telling you how 
the Padres, besides Hosmer and Manny, didn't have a single guy hitting above the MLB average, which was 232, uh, which is extremely low. MLB hitters are struggling across the majors, not just in the Padres. What do you think is the issue? Hmm. What do I think the issue? The uh, the issue is that the the hitting engine is awful. The content mm-hmm. this year is trash. Um, I'm paraphrasing Twitter here. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know. I haven't really given much thought to it. You know, like we like you know we've taken away a lot of the pitchers like ammunition. You know, sticky stuff. Um, deadening the baseball a bit. Actually, no, that helps the pitcher. You know what I mean um also you know like spring training uh so you know that kind of hindered the pitchers a bit i I don't know exactly I f- it could just be the baseball is kind of dead in this year you know we didn't have the baseball that was kind of juiced last year uh well, actually no i think they went half and half on it we had we had both the baseball that was juiced and the baseball that wasn't i think now we're exclusively using the non-one and it's you know affecting the league all around I think it's so weird that the MLB switches baseball so often or like people can't keep track of when they switch baseballs. I don't still follow football, of course, but as far as footballs are concerned, I've I've only ever heard of one event of people talking about the ball and that is uh you know how deflated or inflated the ball was. So in, fucking dumb. In basketball I remember like there was one year where they tried to change the ball and they just changed the texture a tiny bit and players were not hit. They were not shooting well. I was going to say hitting. They were not shooting well at all. And so the MLB by like Christmas, like two or three months in the season, just said, okay, fuck it. They went back to the old balls and they've never changed them since. In baseball, like we hear about the ball changing all the time. And it's so weird to me because like I would assume that as a pitcher, that's really fucking important. <laughs> uh, I had a point. I had a point. Uh, I think last year, I think it was Max Scherzer. He made like a comment about how he would just like every time he got a new ball, he just like you know throw it away until he got one that felt good. You know. How many do you? How many do you throw away? I have no idea, but knowing <laughs> Max Scherzer, until he got a good one. <laughs> um. It's just so weird to me. And I've heard all these different rumors, too. I I certainly thought that the pitchers would start slow with the limited you know, spring training and limited uh, actual workouts the guys had in the offseason. So I didn't think it was that. I thought the pitchers would be bad. I, I, it could be the balls a little bit. The balls could just be heavier. Um. Or, you know, they just could be not as hittable, not as carryable, whatever the case be. I also saw some things about people saying that the umps, while required to check for the sticky stuff, aren't being, like, super thorough like they were when they first started doing it. And guys are, like, doing the sticky stuff, but the umps are just, like, looking at their hands and saying, ah, I don't care. And then walking away. Could be. Could be. You know, I mean... Sticky stuff has literally been around since Dead Ball. It's probably originated in Dead Ball, so yeah, maybe like you know, pitchers will always find a way. You know, we always hear that adage that pitching coaches are like, you know, they 
practice witchcraft or something, you know, to get a batter out. Mm-hmm. Maybe? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the MLB, or at least the MLB umpires, have been a bit lax about it. Which they shouldn't be, but, you know. I I really feel like it's a combination of that and the balls. I, I feel like that might be a thing. We might We might hear more about that, maybe. In my opinion, <laughs> but but we'll see. Uh, as it gets warmer, usually the ball will uh, carry a bit more, so the runs should come. Uh, in San Diego, that's not usually a problem, though. So I don't know what's going on with the Padres, but hopefully, with uh, Myers and Voigt coming in, the Padres will hit a bit more. Uh, but some teams end the game without having any hits at all. More on that, Omar. We're back to no-hitters. So, uh, <laughs> Beso, would you like to tell the audience how abysmal your no-hitter predictions were last year? Uh, so, after I think we had a bunch of no-hitters in a row at the beginning of the year, I said there would be no more no-hitters. And the MLB finished with, I think, seven official no-hitters? Something like that. Uh, we, and they, they had broke, the unofficial no-hitter. They broke the record for most no-hitters in a year. Uh, the modern I, record. I think I thought I said they were going to stop at like three or four, whatever. Yes. Right at that point. <laughs> you double down every time. <laughs> I do. I do. It's going to, it's going to work one of these times. Yes. So I believe uh, it was either last week or two weeks ago. The, the New York Mets had a combined no hitter against the, uh, I almost called the New York Phillies, the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> um, that was a good game. That was a good game to to witness. Uh, but the main one I want to talk about is one that happened last night, actually. Uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, Angels. No hit the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, it, it was a full no hitter by a kid, literally a kid, in our standards. Uh, Reed Detmers. Uh, guess how old he is? Thirteen. Nope. <laughs> That'd be insane. He's 22. 22. Okay. He's 22. Like... <laughs> uh, I believe he tied a record for the youngest. I don't know. I don't know if he tied the record, but he's certainly one of the youngest MLB pitchers to ever throw a no, no hitter. Uh, he's the youngest Angels pitcher to throw a no hitter. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I just want to go through the game a little bit because a lot happened in that game besides no hitter. So at the beginning of the game uh, was Shoei Otani's uh, MVP and other awards, award ceremony. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, that's good. I believe they also got a bobblehead. So you got a no-hitter and a bobblehead. Was, was this the game that Shohei hit the Grand Slam, or that was last week? That was last week, I believe. Okay, last week. So there's yeah, been a so lot of things going on in Anaheim recently. Yeah, so you had that. You had Mike Trout. Be Mike Trout getting two home runs. Okay. One of them off a position player pitching. That's another thing. Uh, our main guy, Brett Phillips. Uh, I don't know if you've seen him, his highlights as a relief pitcher, but not. they are absolutely amazing. Uh, do yourself a favor and please look them up, especially from last year. <laughs> he just, okay. he, 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 for a guy who plays as a position player, he wants to pitch so bad. Uh, the Rays Twitter actually made a tweet saying, you know, it's uh, it's amazing getting to watch someone as good as him, you know, playing both sides of the of the field, you know, which, you know, tongue in cheek reference to uh, Shoei Otani. Otani, yeah. 
Um, speaking of uh, Otani, he had a double that game. I don't know if he did much of else, but uh, the main, fu- the one funny thing I want to talk to you about, you might have heard of it, you might have seen it everywhere. Uh, our boy Anthony Rendon, formerly mm-hmm. of the Nationals, won the World Series with them. Yeah. Obviously, in you know playing his trade at Anaheim right now. Uh, he is a right-handed hitter. Uh, I believe he was 0 for 4 that day. Uh, and I think he was the only person on the squad to not have a hit. So, for some reason, against Brett Phillips, this was after... my. Actually, this was not right after, but after Mike Trout hit his home run. Wow. Um, Rendon comes up and bats left-handed. Why? Does he, nor- does he normally switch hit? Like, how often does he do that? Uh, this was his first ever plate appearance as a first, first ever. Uh huh. And guess okay. what he does? He walks. Nope. Hits. Hits single? a home run. Home run. Mm-hmm. His first ever left-handed at bat. <laughs> uh, if if you want crazy, if you want a crazy slash line, he is. What he has a one thousand batting average, three thousand mm-hmm. OPS, and five thousand. I think it's five thousand slugging. Against as a lefty hitter, so one for one with a home run is five thousand slugging. Jesus, apparently, apparently. <laughs> I, okay. I think that math is right. I know three thousand is definitely for LTS. <laughs> That's the maxed out stat there. Okay, yeah, you know, uh, so yeah, people were going crazy over that, and then you know, on the other side of the of the field, on the pitch, of the innings, whatever, you had a no hitter going on. Wow. Uh, so you know, obviously, congrats to uh, Reed Detmers. Um, you know, you terrify me because you're 22 and I'm 21. You know, and look you'll, what I'm doing for accomplish a living. most of what he's accomplished by the time you're 22. I guess. It's a long, it's a long way away. I, I, I too could throw a no hitter. Yeah, on on MLB the show, but you know that's different. <laughs> uh, but yeah, congrats to him. Congrats to the Angels. Uh, something funny I saw um was that Noah Syndergaard, uh, who in my opinion is someone should who shouldn't have Twitter, mm. but does. Uh, he was tweeting about this being a real no hitter, and obviously that was a tongue in cheek reference to uh, the Mets combined no hitter. Uh, you know, he was saying, you know, hey, today was the first no hitter of the year or something, something. Wow. Uh, a, a bit ironic considering the Angels' last no hitter was the combined no hitter during the Tyler Skaggs game. Okay. So, yeah, so, you know. Uh, a bit of a big-headed moment for Noah's in the guard. <laughs> I do see move. for uh, Detmers, it was the Angels' 12th no-hitter in their history, and it was his 11th start. I know you already said that, I'm sure. His 11th start in uh, in his career there. It's a great story. 12 nothing win for the Angels. If you're a home fan, that's like a perfect game. Well, I mean, it's very close to a perfect game, obviously. But, I mean, you get to see <laughs> Trout... You get to see, you know, the hitting, and it's all one-sided because the other team literally does not touch the ball. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's as close to the best outing you're going to see as a home fan, I guess. Pretty I much, say. yeah. Like, like I said, you know, there was a lot going on for them that game. Angels and Padres, Holy World Series. I'm calling it right here. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking about that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you know, oh yeah, Angels are uh, they're they're you know. They're kind of similar to us because, you know, that connection. <laughs> and the theme uh, on there, yeah. So the question I want to ask you, because, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> considering last year, uh-huh. 
and we've already had two, and it's currently May, so mm-hmm. I think compared to last year, we have had less at this in point. the same span. Yes, but I'm asking you, mm-hmm. how many more no hitters will be pitched this season? One. Okay. I'm I'm gonna say there will be three no hitters this season. Okay. There will be one more. I think I think that's average for most years. Yeah. Okay. I think it is too. I don't want to look it up. I don't want to ruin my <laughs> my guess right now, but I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say there's going to be 3 for 22. And that's it. Okay. That's what I'm going to say. What do you uh, say? What's your guess? I'm going to go two more. Definitely two more. Two more? You're going to say yeah. there's going to be at least four. Yes, at least four. So right. then so then I'm going to say if there's two or three I win, four more you win. I'm going to say uh-huh. In my head, that's that's what I'm gonna say. Cool. Uh, I have another question for you. Okay. Will one of those, whether it's only one or two or whatever, will there be a perfect game pitched this year? Reminder: the last one was pitched almost ten years ago by Felix Hernandez. Felix Hernandez. Um, I'll say no. I'll say the streak continues. Mm. No perfect game this year. I agree. I'm writing this down if you can't see. Um I don't think I don't think it'll happen. Now, I'm just gonna say this. If there ever was a year where there's gonna be a lot of no hitters or another perfect game, if you're starting with batting averages across the league being the lowest they've been in decades, then that's a good start. If the whole league's hang two thirty, you're likelier to have no hitters and likelier to have a perfect game. Okay. Now the chances of a perfect game are still incredibly slim. Very, very. <laughs> but it does up the ante just a tiny bit, I think. Yes. I Matthew. believe I believe uh this past game it was he he, he had uh walked one batter and uh a fielder committed an error. So he was two away from oh perfect game if you want to think about it that's always it's always what happened like sometimes a guy gets hit by a bat uh batter you know a batter gets hit or sometimes there's a random walk in the third inning and you're Uh, not thinking about it or something like that i don't know if you remember but last year with joe musgrove uh he had only hit he had hit a batter during his uh no 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 hitter bid yes yeah and that was in the middle of the game, I feel like, right? It wasn't that yes. like the fourth or fifth inning, something like that. I think so, something like that. It was before you start counting down the outs. Yeah. That's I feel like that's always what happens. But we'll see. I, I don't think it'll happen this year. Prove us wrong, baseball gods. <laughs> Prove us wrong. Let it be Musgrove to take it home. Who knows? He's doing amazingly well, exceptionally well. Very well. Yeah. Well, uh, I believe... He was at one point, he had, I think he currently still has this, but he had the most quality starts in LB, and he also had the most innings pitched. He did very, for sure have the most good. quality starts. Shout out baseball rankings on Reddit. I use that. I use that stat there. Um, I believe he still has six quality starts, which is every start has been a quality start, question mark. I, I think. I think so. Don't quote me on that. Uh, through six games, he has 39 innings pitched, 41 strikeouts, has more than one strikeout per inning, and he has only a 2.08 ERA, which is obviously 
Very good. Very, very good. I have to ask you, Omar, have you heard of this new dance move? It's called the Hosmer Shuffle. <laughs> so when you put this on uh, on our little like uh, sheet that we have, uh, I saw it and I was like, Hosmer Shuffle? Is it like, is it like the Soto Shuffle? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, man. Hosmer, like, he, genuinely, he has been doing better this year, you know? From from like a hitting a hitter as a hitter, he has done better. Yeah, so you can't fault him for that. But as a defender, oh man, <laughs> he uh, he has his moments. <laughs> now, I'm I'm gonna call my card here. I used to play baseball. Shout out Pony League. Shout out sixth grade. And I I was on a team. I played first base. If if you ever catch me playing baseball outside, with uh with real uh balls and bats and stuff like. I've done it before. I, I would sit at first base. I'm a left-handed guy, and first base is a natural left-handed position uh, based on you know the way you're standing and you're turned towards uh, home plate, whereas right-handed is not as good of a thing, you know? In any case, they always taught us to have the foot against the bag and to stretch in towards the infield. And the Hosmer shuffle is when the man is so afraid of the hop from the ball coming in that he shuffles to the other side of the bag into foul territory, and he extends himself even farther with the glove into foul territory and waits for the ball to get there. And it upset me because on Monday, Cronenworth made a great play at second base. He was going towards the outfield with the ball, he gets it, he jumps, and of course the ball doesn't have the most zip on it because all of his momentum is pulling him away from the ball. But it's coming in on a hop. And it's not a dangerous hop. And he would have gotten the guy out if Hosmer was playing it like a normal first baseman. Some first baseman will do the excessive uh, splits, which I do not recommend. Uh, you know, Sometimes the time calls for it. Uh, but, you know, keep, keep yourself safe there, children. Um, but if he had just extended himself, I think he would have been out. Instead, because of the Hosmer shuffle, the ball hits the batter uh, who is at first base at the same time as it hits Hosmer's glove. And of course, he's safe. Hosmer did get an official air for that, not Cronenworth. But I, I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> okay, Hosmer signed through 2025. <laughs> <laughs> look once, once again doing way doing a lot better this year he's he's literally hitting 356 right now like how can you complain about that okay i how can we complain about that okay let me try um <laughs> no, it's, uh, like, he, it's he, just he, like it's just like okay when we got hosmer we didn't have manny we didn't have tatis we didn't have anybody on the padres we 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 i shouldn't use we but whatever and so he was like the first shiny thing that the that the ownership and AJ Preller tried to show off after terrible years and Matt Kemp and we're not going to talk about that. Fat um Kemp. Fat Kemp and it's like at first they were like, "Well, he has a great bat." And it was like, "Well, the bat is very very inconsistent. He gets into a lot of double plays." And they're like, "Well, he's great as a defensive first baseman. He was great as a defensive first baseman on the Royals. 
And you're like, well, the defensive statistics actually don't show that. And since he's been on the Padres, he doesn't seem to uh, be a very good. He's he's a liability on defense sometimes, some years on the Padres. Right. Oh, well, he's a great clubhouse guy. And then last year, when everything was going to shit, he made it worse, apparently, from all these different reports. And you have no idea if they're true. But, but there are reports that he was making it worse. And he was like uh, upset at trade rumors during the offseason this year. I'm glad that he is hitting well. I hope he keeps hitting well. But I, I, not a Hosmer fan. I, I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> to, to give him credit, I hear that this year as a clubhouse presence, you know, he he's like, you know, he's done really well. You know, uh, I think like, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but Bob Melvin mm-hmm. uh, recently had some medical issues. Uh, he he's okay now. Uh, but you know, Eric Hosmer's comment is like, oh, you know, we were we were really happy to hear that you know he was okay, and you know he's been like you know. Really good to us this year, so you know, that's good at least. Um, just a just quick question: uh, how many how many gold gloves do you think Eric Cosmer has won in his career? Just, I'm gonna just say I'm gonna say two without looking it up. Four. What the fuck? <laughs> when was the last one won? None last, of them were the Padres. La- none of them were the Padres. Okay, um, I assume they weren't at least. Uh, well, what was what was the last one? Uh, checking right now. Looks like I'm gonna guess. No, I see it. It's on. It's on Baseball Reference. 2017. Yeah, in 2017, he had 14 MVP votes. He had a Gold Glove, and he had a Silver Slugger at first base, and he used that to get on the Padres. And his batting average dropped from 318 in KC to 253 on the Padres. His home runs dropped from 25 to 18. I'm looking for fielding war on, on baseball reference. <laughs> I just want to rub uh, it into myself. Uh, I don't know. It, it got worse. That's what I'm saying. For what it's I know fan graphs definitely hold okay. uh, defensive like defensive statistics more into yeah. they hold him more into weight. I'm, I'm just going to say the eye test. I've been watching him since 2018 and He's he's never been that that guy here. It's very impressive. Uh, in his first uh eight years on the Royals, he had four Gold Gloves. That's that's extremely impressive. <laughs> in his last four years in the Padres, he's at zero. Cool. Very impressive. <laughs> I hope he does better this year. As a hitter, he's doing well. And I hope he stays doing well. Yeah, I mean, hey, we have a DH spot. If we, we have a DH play. spot, so that's not the end of the world now. If he can at least hit, I guess we got to be okay with that. We, we have no choice. We have him for three more years? Three uh, more. Seasons. Yeah, basically. If he doesn't opt out or get traded, but we'll He's see. He's not going to opt out. I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, we still got Manny and Tatis. You know. Anyways, we got Manny and Tatis. We are second place in the West. Um, let me check really quick. Is everybody in the National League West still have a winning record? I know for a second there. Yes, the Diamondbacks have actually jumped up to number four in the division. They have been seven of their last ten. They are 17 and 13. The Rockies are still hanging in there at 16 and 15. Diamondbacks are 19 and 12. Padres are third, has 20 and 12. 
and the freaking Doyers are 20 and 9. So all five teams in the National League have a winning record. Padres play in the toughest division in baseball. Definitely not the definitely not the AL East. No, it's the National League West. It's the toughest division in baseball. And yet we're we're number two. And right now the Padres would be the first wild card team, otherwise known as the fourth playoff team. Uh, first of three wild card slots for this year. So all things considered, it is very positive. I am very curious to see how the Padres will go uh, against the Braves and against the Phillies. I think both series is on the road. Uh, so we'll see. But can't be too upset with that. Um, I think like I said, like I kind of alluded to earlier, we just need to grind out wins. Uh, you know, you said that like, uh, if we can get if we can win like a majority of our games without Tatis, we'd be in a good position. And right now we are. Yeah. Um, I think like as long as we grind out these games, grind out wins, definitely. Um, we're in a good spot. You know, definitely we need to avoid dropping games we can win. We need to definitely avoid like sweeps. You know, we need we need to win as many games as we possibly can, even if we're losing a few of them. No, I think I think that's a good way to look at it. Um, if the Padres are still in like the fifth or sixth spot in the National League without Tatis, then you would hope that having Tatis come back uh, would bump us up to end the year. Um, of course, you have there's no guarantee of that. You have no idea what form Tatis is going to be in when he does eventually make it back to the team. But knock on wood, if Everything's going well. Hopefully the starting pitching, which has been amazing, uh, gets refueled here with Blake Snell coming back soon, I assume. And it's been served pretty well with everybody so far. Clevenger hopefully gets in there. But I think it's it's all positive so far. There are negatives, but it's pretty positive. In any case, Omar, is there anything else you'd like to tell the viewers before we... Uh, Send off. Drink water. You know, always good. You know, just keep watching Padres baseball. Just keep on supporting the team. We have a good team this year. We got a we got good coaches. Uh, so, you know, even when you know stupid shit like uh, getting blown out or something happens, you know, hey, we still got a good team. Just gotta gotta write there. It's baseball, you know. It's baseball. You can't win them all. Uh, so you gotta you gotta hang in there. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. Whether you're San Diego at home or San Diego at heart, thank you for being with us from the start. Thank you for listening to the Far Away Friars podcast. See you soon.